Hello, Carolyn Elliott here. You are listening to The Alchemical Journey. So today I just wanted to talk about a character who has caught my eye recently, which is a figure celebrated in the Orphic hymns known as Faunes. So Faunes is a primordial god closely associated with Eros, Hermes, Dionysus. Um, Faunes is hermaphroditic. Um, in the Orphic cosmogony, Faunes is sort of like um, the logos, like the first creation of the primordial void, and as such is the representative of all generation, all sexual creation, all erotic creation throughout the universe, which of course, you know, includes plants and animals, but also the attractions of protons and electrons and all the naughty things that they do. So why have I been thinking about Faunes lately? Well, I saw a really cool carving of him on Etsy, this really beautiful wood carving. And I started just being like, wow, that is so gorgeous. And maybe I should, um, I want to learn more about this person, this god, this divinity. And I started reflecting. So again, the idea is that Faunes is the creature that's inside the Orphic Egg. What's the Orphic Egg? Well, if you look at the Thoth deck created by Alistair Crowley and Lady Frida Harris, you start to see that the Orphic Egg appears on a lot of cards, especially the major arcana. And it's an egg. It's uh, usually gray, although its color can vary. It is encircled with a serpent and it has wings. So again, in the Orphic cosmogony, the notion is that um, sort of the primordial fire breathed upon the primordial water, not unlike the story of Genesis in the Bible. And it whirled around and uh, within infinite time, motion, uh, (laughs) again, whirled around. I think I might be butchering this Orphic cosmogony a little bit, but bear with me world around and formed this kind of egg of matter, this egg of created existence that in some ways is the uh, world that we're all in. So I find the name of Faunes really interesting. So it means, you know, appearance, shining forth, manifestation. It's related to the words um, phenomena. And uh, I just think it's such a fascinating thing um, because if you think about it, you know, if you take a walk on a beautiful day, that's what I'm doing right now, there is this just this sort of shining forth of existence where it's all just mysteriously manifest. Um, so I guess that's what Faunes represents to me. And I also really love about Faunes... Um, they're a hermaphroditic divinity. And there was this one time, I was, gosh, I must have been about 25 years old. I was um, in a hypnagogic state between sleeping and waking. This was back in my grad school days while I was mostly pretty miserable most of the time. So I'm in this hypnagogic state and I hear this voice, this like Leonard Cohen 
like low voice saying my name, Carolyn. And uh, boy, that was startling. I, you know, I would like sit up in bed and look around and this happened a few times and I did searches on the internet and I found out that apparently it's fairly common in a hypnagogic state between sleeping and waking to hear um, a mysterious voice calling your name. Apparently that happens to a lot of people. But after that, it happened a few times. One time, um, I was again in this hypnagogic state between sleeping and waking. And I heard the same voice, very deep, just like Leonard Cohen or Ram Dass, saying to me, Hermes is perception. Aphrodite is love. The hermaphrodite is loving perception. And I guess it was more like, Hermes is perception, Aphrodite is love, the hermaphrodite is loving perception. (laughs) And so again, you know, I like sat up, I like look around the room, like is somebody in here with me? Did some, did Leonard Cohen break into my house? Like what's going on? And of course, no, it was just this mysterious voice, I guess maybe the voice of my angel, the voice of my own unconscious, my animus, you know, call it what you will. But it really got me thinking. And I think it set me, well, a lot of things set me on the hermetic path, but it was one of those things that really affirmed to me like, oh, this whole like mystery of Hermes is really important here. And of course, I've always been a fan of Aphrodite. I mean, what's not to love about a goddess of love? I love love spells. I love seduction. I love all of that fun stuff. And so I'd always been a fan of Aphrodite too. So boy, Hermes and Aphrodite together making this hermaphrodite. And of course, I'd always loved David Bowie and David Bowie has a very divine hermaphrodite vibe. Um, And so, but it took a lot longer before I ever learned about this character, Faunes, from the Orphic cosmogony, because uh, Faunes is not really talked about by Homer or Hesiod, which is where most of the popularizations of Greek mythology come from. So I had really never seen this character until I started to learn more about the Orphic hymns. Um, The Orphic hymns, by the way, are used rather widely these days uh, for planetary magic. Um, They seem to be part of a mystery tradition that was connected to the Eleusinian mysteries. Um, So this whole kind of underworld death and rebirth cycle concerning Demeter, Persephone, Dionysus, Hermes, uh, Hecate, um, Hades, Pluto, this whole kind of fascinating nexus and um yeah so the orphic hymns again as i said have are sort of having a resurgence today i'm aware of like two recent uh retranslations of them um which i could talk more about in detail at another time because i don't have the whole information in front of me right now but i was just just sort of fascinated by this whole network um, and fascinated by this idea of loving perception. And I think that this is very connected to Faunes. Ah, yes, that's what I wanted to say. I wanted to say that um, I think that Faunes, what is represented um, in this image 
of this hermaphroditic deity inside the Orphic egg who is, you know, shining forth, who is manifestation, who is light. Um, I think that Faunace is this kind of loving perception. And I think that loving perception is the Logos. So, you know, Logos, that's, that's a loaded term, Um, very connected to Jesus Christ, very connected to Hermes. Um, I have no idea why that person just honked their horn at me. I guess they liked my outfit. Um, But, uh, right, okay, so Logos, right, Jesus Christ, Hermes. So Logos obviously gets translated as the word, um, sometimes as the reason or the purpose, and it is all of those things. But for me, I get the most mileage when I think of Logos as meaning. And so this whole little nexus of mystery to me points to this notion that we only really perceive the meaning of the world when we are loving it. When we are loving it wholly and fully, including all of its evil, all of its tragedy. I've been thinking a lot about this. Um, There's a Christian, sort of like a born-again Christian phrase of um, love the sinner, hate the sin. And, you know, I guess it comes from a well-intentioned place, but I've just been sort of thinking about, like, what a stupid phrase it is, because, (laughs) um, you know, it's meant to be loving, but if there's any part of reality, if there's any part of my experience or somebody else's experience that I'm rejecting and I'm saying, like, that shouldn't be there, that's, you know that should never have happened, that shouldn't exist, that's just so terrible, it's just like, um, it must, I must crusade for its elimination. Clearly I'm insane, right, because everything is part of this fabric, and um, this great fabric of the manifested creation. So I think that loving perception tells us something really interesting, like I said, both about the logos, the meaning of the world. And I think it's a magically effective, really magically effective, super important um, little piece of wisdom in that if you're looking to be magically efficacious in the world, in other words, if you are looking to you know, have a thriving, successful, truly joyful life, if you're looking to have an uplifting, wholesome effect on everybody who encounters you, if you uh, really want to do that, there's a big, big hint here, which is that adopting, adopting the loving perception, the hermaphroditic perception, that's totally receptive, totally projective, simultaneously, um, totally surrendered, and also totally willing to create and design, um, (laughs) totally, you know, identified with itself, and yet also in awe of the other, also welcoming of the other, including, um, you know, being in a humble relationship, as I said, even with 
very terrifying things. There's a way in which there's just such freedom in that. Um, there's such, how do I say, um, when you do that, you become Fanes. You become the one who shines forth. You become um, this kind of unstoppable power of creation. You have aligned yourself with it, and so you've become identified with it. And like they say in the Greek magical papyri, you've become a child of a god, a son of a god, a daughter of a god. Um, and that means that you have godlike powers um, to arrange things spontaneously just by your mode of being, your mode of consciousness, the kind of the resonance that you're holding, you know, to use the very scientific term, your vibes are shaping your experience and shaping the experience of people close to you and also shaping your, you know, possibly shaping the whole history of the world based on, depending on, um, you know, what kind of creative output you're putting forth and how it's affecting other people. You know, some, um, some magicians create major artworks that really shape the course of history. I think it's quite evident that Alan Moore has done that with his V for Vendetta and his The Watchmen um, and many other artists and magicians too. So I guess what I'm just um, meandering towards today is this notion that the ultimate logos, the ultimate meaning of everything, as demonstrated in the life of the great magician Jesus Christ, as demonstrated in the death and rebirth of Dionysus, as demonstrated in um, <laughs> very many deep mythic things, the meaning is love, no matter what, <laughs> no matter how scary or how gross or degraded or fucked up whatever is appearing seems to be, the ultimate meaning is love. And if we can find it in ourselves to hold that awareness and um, to give love even to those dimensions of our personality and our experience that are extremely painful, messed up, grotesque, um, then in doing so, you know, we become both the creator and the created, both the receiver and the projector. We become this hermaphroditic divine awareness. And um, that's a really neato magical thing to do. And I think it's also expressed in the tarot card um, of the world or the universe in the Thoth deck. So the universe again is this hermaphroditic figure who's surrounded by a snake, who's um, sort of burst forth. Uh, a lot of parallels between the universe card and the traditional Orphic and Mithraic Fanes imagery. They're both surrounded by figures from the Zodiac. They both have a snake. They're both hermaphroditic. They're pretty much the same thing. And I was reading in Crowley's The Book of Thoth this morning, and he was just talking about how the universe 
is a symbol of the great work completed, a symbol, you know, of the alchemical marriage completed, come into fruition. And so like, likewise, I would say that Phanes, hermaphrodite, this loving perception is the same thing. And I guess I just want to encourage you and wish you great luck in your continuing journeys towards embodying this power and this wisdom. Bye-bye.